Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. James, what are you doing? <laughs> Look, if I was drunk, could I do this? No, James, will you stop it? Give it Fine to me. Fine China! James, <laughs> stop being so annoying. <laughs> Fine China! <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from this week's episode of Vanderpump Rules, and we just have so much to discuss. Not only do we have the new episode, which saw the gang headed off to Mexico for Shishi's next wedding, but we also have a brand new episode of The Real Houses in New Jersey and an update on the Shishi Raquel court case. That's right. Let me just rewind a bit. After Watch What Happens Live, when Shishi and Rachel appeared as a duo, the Scandaval news dropped. And then it was alleged that Shishi cold-cocked Rachel's Bambi-eyed ass, gave her a black eye, Rachel went over to the Van Nuys courthouse, filed a restraining order against Shishi, and at the reunion filming, they had to be kept 100 yards apart. Now, I'm very pissed about this whole situation because now Shishi arrived in court to contest this restraining order. By the way, this is all alleged. I don't want to get information wrong, as I will. So just take this all as alleged. Anyway, Shishi arrived to the courthouse today as of this recording. And guess who didn't even show up? Rachel. I am pissed because they had to redo the whole reunion seating and everything to keep them apart. And now it turns out Rachel didn't even arrive to the courthouse. I mean, that woman, every single day she does something more and more upsetting. And don't fuck with our reality shows. I, uh, come on, don't fuck with our reality show. So now we're finding this whole restraining order seemingly was a sham. But anyway, Shishi's uh, messy attorney did release a statement. I want to read that out for you because now uh, this is the update on what was going on with the cold cocking. So Shay's attorney, Shishi Shay's attorney, uh, tells Entertainment Tonight in a statement, this isn't reality TV. This is a real world uh, and Rachel's actions have real consequences. Rachel filed a false police report, a false medical report, and a frivolous petition for a restraining order. Shishi didn't punch Rachel. Rachel didn't get a black eye. Shishi pushed Rachel, but only after Rachel grabbed her wrist. And Rachel did not suffer a concussion. He adds, when Rachel realized that she would lose in court and that she couldn't just drop it, she decided to not show up at all. We were prepared to expose Rachel's lies, but instead she will have to live, knowing that she betrayed two of her best friends, Sheena and Ariana. Instead of accepting responsibility for her actions, Rachel shamefully tried to misuse our justice system to shift blame to Shishi. We are happy that Shishi is now vindicated. 
And I, too, am happy that she, she's vindicated, although I'm pissed. I'm filled with so much rage. I had so much rage in me. Because she fucked up the reunion, this Rachel. Okay, by the way, the attorney did refer to Raquel as Rachel throughout this entire statement. She didn't refer to Shishi, or she didn't refer to Sheena as Shishi. I just added that in for a little, a little flavor. But she did refer to her as Rachel. But so they had to change the whole reunion seat and all that stuff. And then Rachel's not even showing up to the courthouse. I am pissed. I mean, just disgusting. Just when I can't think, I don't think I could be even more mad at the Toms or Rachel. They do shit like this, these stunts. And I don't know if you saw the reunion taping. There was these photos, paparazzi photos of Rachel and Tom outside smoking the cigarettes like Boris and Tasha from the Rocky and Bullwinkle movies. I mean, those two. Oh, and then there was like a TMZ video. If you haven't seen this. So we've been getting all these TMZ interviews, which are obviously because the cast has probably been told not to do interviews about this, but they want to get their side of the story out there. So they've been doing all these things. So Rachel, of course, was sitting outside a nail salon. She had the headphones in, probably somebody feeding her information about what to say to the TMZ reporter. And meanwhile, she's just sitting there and people were saying, well, why did she look so bad? Because she was dressed in like glasses and a hoodie and just looked like no makeup. And of course, that was all part of the plan. That was part of the plan because they want to make it seem like she's a victim or sympathetic or whatever. So obviously, that's why she looked like that. I just want to point that out. But so she did the interview outside the nail salon, which who's just sitting in a fucking chair outside the nail salon? Okay, nobody's just sitting outside. If you're getting your nails done, you sit inside. Or you sit, or you make an appointment or something. She's the only person sitting in one lonely ass chair outside that nail salon. Come on, it's a bag of bullshit. Okay. So not only did she, meanwhile, the other one, Sheila Schwartz did the interview with TMC at the LAX airport, which was obviously set up to me as well. And then, uh, three, uh, the third one comes in, a third interview with TMZ, where Tom Sandoval, that demon, decided to give an interview to TMZ. Uh, as he was rehearsing with his band or something. And so the TMZ reporter comes into the parking lot and Tom Sandoval is trying to get his luggage. If you haven't seen this video, you need to go look it up online because he's got this big ass suitcase. Okay. It's so funny to me because they're all, these interviews are all being done in these strip malls, which it's like, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Uh, but I watched the video and I was cracking up because Tom Sandoval, he is, being interviewed by TMZ in a parking lot at night. And he's got his truck, and he's trying to get a suitcase into the backseat of the truck. He's trying to Tetris it into the backseat. Now, here's what's so funny about it, is that obviously these things are all set up, okay? No one's going to try to trick me into thinking these are all natural. I'm sorry, but Tom Sandoval is not just uh, being followed by paparazzi in a parking lot. Uh, Come on. It's just, and he's got all these answers. Anyway, I thought it was all set up. So I do believe that... He thought going into it, like, I need some busy work to do, okay? I think that he saw the response to Rachel's interview outside that bullshit nail salon. No offense to the nail salon. I mean, that seems like a great place. I'm going to go to there. I'm going to go get my nails done there. But I think he saw the reaction and saw everyone's like, obviously, this is set up. She's like sitting there outside the nail salon. She's got the earphones in, probably being fed information to the uh, by the publicist into her ear about how to answer those questions because she's a dummy. Anyway, I think that Tom Sandoval saw that and was like, I need some busy work to do, right? If you have ever done improv classes, which I've spent way too much money on improv classes, okay? I've thrown a lot of money away. 
And they usually tell you on stage, you want to have what they call busy work. Or if you've taken an acting class, it's like, what's your busy work? So what I mean by that is if you're in a scene, you need something to do with your hands. You can't just be sitting there. So for instance, if you watch TV, one of the funny things about watching uh, TV shows is oftentimes you see uh, in sitcoms, let's say, you see a husband and a wife in bed at night, and the husband might be reading the newspaper. That's his busy work. The wife might be uh, putting on lotion. These are like the famous examples. You'll notice it all the time now. Like the wife is always putting lotion on her arms. Not to say that we don't moisturize, ladies, am I right? But I don't know that that always is happening when a couple's in bed at night. Usually you do that maybe in the bathroom or you get out of the shower, you moisturize. And so it's like a busy, it's called busy work. And so I believe Tom Sandoval with his acting training was like, I need some busy work to do. So he thought, I'm going to load the suitcase into the backseat of my truck. <laughs> oh, it's making me laugh. Just thinking about it making me laugh. So he decided that's what he was going to do. But then he didn't account for the fact that he's a dummy too and couldn't get the suitcase into the backseat of the car. So he's trying to Tetris this thing in and it's going on for a comically long period of time. He eventually does get it in, but it was just cracking me up because I think he thought either he would get it in more quickly and then go for the next bag, or maybe he thought he would it would take a comically long period of time, and so that way the TMZ interviewer could get all the questions out. But boy, did it give me a giggle. And I needed that giggle. We all need the laughs. We all need the laughs these days. And so if go back and watch it, and that was just the funniest part to me. And it wasn't, it was just like a smidge too long. Right? Like it was just a smidge too long of him trying to touch us that thing in the backseat of the car. And it was like thinking, what is this suitcase? And he was on, apparently at rehearsal. And obviously he was trying to do a plug in for his band where it was like, Oh, I'm going on tour. Come see me, which I know you got to get your plugs in where you can. By the way, I start my tour next week. Get tickets for the Seattle show. Next week, I start Seattle. Get tickets at everythingiconic.com. We're going to be talking about a lot of Scandaval stuff. We got so much to discuss. Anyway. Uh, so I get that you got to get your plugs in while you can, but it was just so funny trying to get that fucking suitcase in the backseat. Ah, and who's next for the TMZ? Who's going to be caught by TMZ next? We're going to have a uh, veil. Just who's uh, Ken? Ken is just going to be caught by TMZ holding one of them dogs. Just uh, TMZ is going to catch him outside of Villa Rosa or something. And uh, just ask him questions. What do you think of Allie? And he's going to be like, who the fuck is Allie? You know, he's not <laughs> He's not going to know. But I am happy that she she's just going back to the legal situation. I am happy that she's vindicated. I don't want Sheena to ever be in trouble with the law. I don't. I don't want her to be in trouble with the law. And so I'm glad. I hope this court case is over. And we got enough court case to worry about. Gwyneth Paltrow's on trial, and she's for some ski incident that I still don't even understand exactly what's going on there. I just keep seeing pictures on my social media of, of Gwyneth Paltrow in the court, and I'm like, what's she doing in the courthouse? I don't even – some ski – all I know about is a ski incident. I know people are really enraptured by it, but I can only handle so much legal drama at one time. I'm not Jen Shah. I can't – I can't have all this in my life. And I feel like this is all happening to me, even though it's just happening to these people that I watch on the TV. And so I'm just proud of Shishi, and but I am pissed. I am pissed that we had to... She just did that for the reunion. Rachel obviously just didn't want to face Shishi at the reunion, which, come on, you can't face Azusa Sheena at the reunion. You got to file a restraining order, and then you won't even show up to court. Obviously, it was a big sham. It's a bunch of bullshit. Oh, I'm pissed. Every week I come in here and I'm pissed. Anyway, let's discuss this episode of Vanderpump Rules, and then we'll get in the Jersey of it all. And I do have so many thoughts about New Jersey. And you know how I feel? 
I've mentioned a million times how I feel about the jersey, the Teresa Melissa of it all. We got to move on from it because it's just exhausting to me. But I do think that at least this week's episode, we got a little meat and potatoes because every week now on Jersey, I feel like they've been teasing or uh, we've been talking about how there's this feud between Joe and Melissa. And we finally got a little information because I feel like they've been blue balling us so much. And they do that on Bravo. They give us these teases. But when it happens too long, then we start to turn. We start to turn. It's like you're you're telling me I'm getting something and we never get there. It reminds me, actually, when I was in middle school, I had this gym teacher, not to take us on a little detour, but I'm about to take us on a little detour. I had this gym teacher and you'd show up for gym every single day and you'd never even do any sort of gym stuff because you'd get there. And you know, in middle school, you got to change in your gym uniform and then you'd go into the gymnasium and the gym teacher, he'd be sitting there and he'd be taking attendance and he would spend upwards of 45 minutes taking attendance. So by the time he was done with attendance, you'd have time to like one run, run one lap around the gym and then it's like time to change again to get back to your next class. And I don't know if it was laziness or what, but he would sit us down, he'd be taking attendance and he would always do these bits. So when he would call out your name, be like Danny Pellegrino, then you'd raise your hand and then he'd like talk to you for a couple minutes instead of just moving on to the next name. Like I always remember there was this one kid, Jordan Factories. He'd be like, Jordan Factory, you here? And then Jordan would say, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> and then the teacher would be like, Jordan Factor, sounds like a movie. The Jordan Factor, starring Richard Gere. <laughs> And he'd like give his synopsis of this movie based on this person's name, but he'd be doing it and he'd be like giving out the supporting cast. He's like, uh, you know, Martin Lawrence appears as a police officer, you know, or like whatever. And you'd just be sitting, all the kids would be like, are we going to play dodgeball or like what the fuck are we doing? And he would do that with every single person's name, the Jordan Factor. And he was just like the whole name. He'd be like, are we ever going to do anything? Like give us one of them scooters or. Remember, in, when you're a real young kid, remember they had that big-ass parachute thing that was the best day in gym class? Like, we never got to that because he was just doing bits with everyone's fucking name. Like, just move on to the next one really quickly so that we can get to the fucking parachute. I mean, it was infuriating. Not that I love a gym class, but it was like, are we ever going to do anything? I mean, we're never getting any exercise in this thing. We're not learning anything. We're not exercising. We're just listening to this man do his little bits and give us uh, fake movie synopsises. The Jordan Factor, starring Richard Gere. <laughs> oh, what a nutball. Anyway, so at least we got some meat and potatoes on Jersey. I had my Diet Coke today, you guys, can you tell? Diet Coke, Diet Coke. Stop! I put that on the soundboard. Speaking of soundboard, we opened this week's Vanderpump Rules with James and Allie's apartment. James is making some beats. Well, Candy, won't you check around Puerto Rico and see if there's a studio we can go drop some beats? <laughs> and that's when his dad, Mike Myers, shows up. Now, his dad, his name is Andros, Andros, I hope I'm saying that right. But I was just waiting for the dad to just rip off the face mask. Like, uh, what was that Nicolas Cage movie where Nicolas Cage rips off his face and then suddenly it's uh, John Travolta? I think the movie is called Face Off. That makes sense. But I felt like Andros or Andros or whatever the fuck you say his name, I think he was about to rip it off. And then all of a sudden we were going to see the cat in the hat. Like, that's what I thought because he is a Mike Myers character. And I know we've discussed that before last time he was on this show. But every time I see that man, I'm like, you cannot convince me that is not Mike Myers in a wig or uh, prosthetics. Believe me, I grew up with Mike Myers in prosthetics. I've seen him wear every inch of prosthetic there is on this planet Earth. I mean, no one has worn more prosthetics in my youth than Mike Myers. Every one of them, Austin Powers movie, he was dressing up as a new person. 
even in the Shrek movies, I know those were animated, but I still feel like, uh, I don't, spiritually, I feel like he was in a mask. I just do. I do. And so this was Mike Myers, and it's his greatest role to date. And I'm wait, ready for a feature length film. Could you imagine? Just let's do a movie based on uh, James's dad and then the relationship with the mom. Like, I don't know who could we get to play James's mom. And Kristen Doty, they look alike. I don't know. I'm spitballing here, but I'm just saying, Mike Myers was in this scene. Then uh, we see Sheena in her house, and I think it was Marina Del Rey. Because you guys know that she she doesn't really live in the area. <laughs> I shouldn't blow the lid off that. But I don't even think Sheena lives like near any of the filming. Like she has a place in Palm Springs, and from what I understand, I think she like pretty much just like rents uh, for filming or just shows up at other people's apartments. Which is fine. You know, I don't want Sheena to go anywhere. I don't care where she lives. She can live in Arkansas for all I fucking care. As long as she's mic'd up in front of the red light. I don't care that she lives in West Hollywood or a completely different state. But certainly I want to let everyone know, if you're not familiar, Marina Del Rey and Palm Springs, where she she has both of her residences. Uh, Residencies? Residences? Those are neither uh, close nor in proximity to any of the locations that this show is built around. So I don't think she's ever really lived here. And uh, maybe it's the Diet Coke speaking, but I don't know if anyone's ever talked about the fact that Sheena doesn't live by any of these people. (laughs) And I just feel like they showed us, it said, I think in this week, it said Marina Del Rey. And it's like, Marina Del Rey is really far. Like, you just don't see people in Marina Del Rey. But again, I don't care. Like, Sheena can live anywhere as long as she's still on this show. Still on this show. And let's see, she's getting married to Brock. And Brock says Raquel's doing so many men because now, uh, I guess, they're pairing her up with one of Brock's friends for the wedding. Can you believe that Rachel is in, is she in the, she's in the wedding, right? She's in Shishi's wedding. I mean, just disgusting. And then Rachel had the audacity to file a restraining order and then had the further audacity to not show up at the courthouse. I'm so fucking pissed. I am so fucking pissed. I can't believe that and screwed up our whole reunion. They need to get some laws and some bylaws going on in the contracts at Bravo. I, I have heard rumors that you're not allowed to sue each other, but then it's obviously that you're allowed to file these restraining orders. I just feel like they need to get some bylaws in there. I'm not sure if I'm even using the term bylaws correctly, but we need to get some written thing where we can't have these legal cases because I don't want man reality stars suing each other or going after each other in the court of law. I understand things happen that cross a line, but I need production to be more in charge of that than the cast members. Am I making sense? Probably not. Okay, so then we do see Charlie and Rachel uh, working at Sir. Then we cut back to James with the dad and Allie. Allie says um, she is understands why she's not technically invited to the wedding, right? Like, So remember this whole thing where like she's allowed to go to Sheena and Brock's wedding, but then she's not able to sit at a table? They said, like, you can come to the events before or after which is also weird to me. Just, you have a plus one. Why can't she not let people have a plus one? Everyone should have a plus one. I mean, what is going on with this wedding? We didn't even talk about in that scene where it's we get to see the wedding. Like It seems like it's by the pool, and there were just people filming it that were at the pool. Did anyone notice that? Like, what the fuck was that? What the fuck? Oh, I can't wait for this wedding. I can't wait. (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited. So excited. Anyway, the dad uh, the dad hated Rachel always. He said um, he likes Allie, though. He gives, he said something like it's chalk and cheese. Maybe I misheard that. I mishear things all the time. I thought he said like Allie uh, in relationship to James. It's like chalk and cheese, which is something I never heard of. 
So Mike Myers has given us new phrases left and right, which is not something he's uh, not done in the past, right? I mean, uh, everything that Mike Myers touches turns into quotable gold. And so here he is again saying chalk and cheese. And so I was on board. Then we see Schwartz and Sandy's, they're locking up the menu. Now the Toms are leaving right before opening or whatever to go to this wedding. And then Katie shows up because they're going to do the final tasting menu. And of course, Katie shows up and the first thing Shula Schwartz says to her is like, you're allowed in here. Meanwhile, he's the one who invited her here. And now he's just, he's always doing that. He's always doing that negging where it's like he invited her to do the tasting. And then he's like, oh, you're allowed in here. He like given to that. Oh, I was like, what an asshole. What an asshole. Anyway, they're doing this tasting and uh, Gretchen, Greg's niece shows up. So Greg, the partner, his wife, Jolene, 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 and Gretchen uh, show up. Gretchen, I don't know. I felt like I got the impression that they were trying to set up Gretchen. Did anyone else feel that way? I'm always so cautious with these people when they show up on my screen and they they give them a name tag. I'm like, oh, are they going to be a main cast member now? Like, who's this Gretchen? But then I quickly forgot about it when they started serving uh, what seemed to be lobster corn dogs. Now, I am sorry to harp on this for 45 minutes or more, but I don't understand a lobster corn dog. And forgive me because I'm not a seafood eater. I just don't eat a lot of seafood. I don't do it. It's not, it's the texture. But certainly, when I bite into a corn dog, a hot dog on a stick, I just want a hot dog on a fucking stick. I'm not interested in you give me some sort of clever meats or, uh, or fishes. Just give me a fucking beef corn dog. I don't even, I don't want a lobster corn dog. Who is, come on, just give me a fucking regular corn dog. And if I were to go in an establishment and then somebody at the table ordered a corn dog and it came looking like a regular corn dog and I bit into it and it was lobster, I'd be so fucking pissed. Because I just want a regular ass corn dog. I don't even like anything on my corn dogs. I just want a plain, just cover it in cornmeal, cover one of them hot dogs, a ballpark hot dog and some cornmeal, and then serve it on a plate. I don't even need any sauces. That's the one thing I don't need a sauce for. Just give me a breaded corn dog and I'm good as gold. Good as gold, in the words of Sheena Shea. But they're, here they're trying to get fancy with them corn dogs. And it's like, you're in a strip mall. Swartz and Sandy's is in a strip mall. Stop trying to get fancy with the lobster corn. And maybe some of you out there, you like a lobster corn dog. And so maybe I'm the one who's behind the times on this one. But I do feel like I just want a regular ass corn dog. And then they were serving them french fries. They gave them like three little rectangle potatoes. 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 I was like, what are we doing with these potatoes? I just need them to give me a whole plate of fucking french fries. They had three little, the chef or whoever brought them out. I was like, those aren't french fries. Those are like three little square rectangle potato wedges. They weren't even a normal shape. And believe me, I just got french fries yesterday. I don't know if anyone's ever, do you ever go to that Nordstrom Cafe? Not the, um, I think it's called, what is it called? It's not called Nordstrom Cafe. I know they have something called a Nordstrom Cafe. But in a lot of Nordstrom's here in Los Angeles at the Topanga Canyon Mall, they have the restaurant there. And let me tell you something. It starts with a B. I don't remember the name of the restaurant, but it's in the Nordstrom's and it's a sit-down restaurant. They have it at Topanga Canyon. They also had one at the Beachwood Mall in Northeast Ohio. So anyway, if you ever get a chance to go there, they make the best Caesar salad dressing. You got to get it with the blackened chicken and then get the French fries on the side. I mean, my favorite Caesar salad dressing 
I actually, the last time, when I was in Ohio and I had the salad dressing for the very first time, I asked them, I said, do you have the recipe for this? And they gave me a recipe. I have it in my, I'll have to post it online if you want to make it yourself, but it's so good. And it's, I, speaking of me not liking seafood, it's got the anchovies in it, but they, they make it so you can't really taste. It's kind of anchovy, but it's not too much. So it works, but it's the best Caesar salad dressing. And then you got to get the chicken on it, but get the blackened chicken. That's the secret. And then they have the french fries, like the salt and pepper french fries on the side. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know. I'm just giving you some some food wrecks. But anyway, you certainly don't want to go to the strip mall shorts and sandies and get a lobster corn dog, ladies. Am I right? Not interested. Anyway, I guess they figure out the menu or something. I don't know. Whatever. Then uh, speaking of restaurants, then we cut to Dono. I think it was called Dono. 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 Uh, it's Ariana, Lala, Shishi, and Allie. And they're all embracing Allie, other than the fact that they're technically not giving her a place at this wedding. I mean, she, she, by the end of the episode, she finally was like, okay, we'll give her a seat at the wedding. And I was like, oh, great. Like, <laughs> at least she'll have somewhere to sit. She's going all the way to Mexico. Are you finally giving her some place to sit? Again, I'm not saying that she, she should have invited her uh, months ago. I'm just saying that James should have been invited as with a plus one. He's part of the cast. Everyone in the cast, I would have think anyone who's close to her should have been invited with a plus one. Anyone who was at the wedding should have been invited with a plus one. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Anyway, LaCal, uh, I can't talk. I've had too much caffeine. Should we take our break here? Let's take a little breather, and we're going to come back because I need to collect myself and get some water. Water. Uh, I love you all. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Tickets to the live show. Oh, and those pre-orders. I want to thank everyone for the successful pre-order launch of my new book, The Jolly Sponge, which is available now for pre-order. Get it? It's going to be so great. So pre-orders are so super important. So I just want to thank you because they really help a lot. So if you haven't pre-ordered it, I would love it if you did. Yeah, there's a link in the bio or go to Amazon, your local independent bookstore, Barnes & Noble, Target, wherever, uh, and pre-order it because it really it makes a huge difference. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll be right back. Ever since I saw Clueless, I wanted to have the most amazing wardrobe, and that includes all of the clothes inside the wardrobe closet, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Quince. Now, Quince has you covered with truly timeless pieces that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all sorts of must-haves. I'm talking uh, Mongolian cashmere crewneck sweaters from $50. I have a blue cashmere crewneck sweater I got from them that I get so many compliments on all the time. I love it. Plus, iconic 100% leather jackets and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes us savings all over to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. Love that. Makes you feel good about shopping with Quince. Uh, again, I've gotten a lot of stuff there. Just uh, good quality pieces and a lot of different options if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe. So indulge in the affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns, quince.com slash iconic. And we're back. Okay, so we have that scene at the Dono restaurant with the gals. And they are embracing Allie. They talk about astrology. They talk about Rachel being a dummy. And uh, they talk about how James and Allie are twin flames, which in astrology, doesn't. it's not always a good thing, right? Like sometimes it's a hard thing, apparently. Uh, anyway, then they talk about this tea party. Now, I guess this tea party is going to be an annual thing now because we've been doing it every, a bunch of seasons. 
something about this episode, it, it felt like things are being rushed. Maybe we're not getting that many episodes because I assumed that Shishi's wedding was going to be like the finale event. Or maybe there'd be one episode after the wedding. But now it seems like we're winding down. And I don't, maybe that was always the case. Maybe they just were only going to have so many episodes or something. But didn't it, it doesn't feel like we're kind of rushing through it. I'm like, let's slow it down, you guys. Normally I'm the opposite where I'm like, let's speed things up. But because this Vanderpump Rules season's got so much going on outside the show, I'm like, we need to slow this fucker down. I need this train coming to a complete stop because I'm not interested in getting off board. I'm hopping on board this Polar Express and I'm not interested in anyone telling me to get off. I need them to drag this fucker out. So I don't know what that means if they can get in them editing bays and just figure some more footage out. But do what you got to do, Bravo, because I'm not ready to let go. Not ready to let go. So anyway, we're um, having this tea party. They could have extended that. I know nothing was really going on. Even this episode, there wasn't a whole lot going on, but I'm like, let's start extending it. Maybe I shouldn't say that because then we'll start getting some real boring ass episodes. But I don't know. I'm not ready to say goodbye. Uh, what else? We have Schwartz in his apartment doing some push-ups. We have some beach yoga with Charlie and Katie. I feel like Charlie and Katie and I could be off base here, but I feel like they had a storyline of a fitness journey because remember we saw them hiking and now we're seeing them at the beach. And this is a weird pairing in general, but they're always doing these active things that seemingly are being cut for time. So what was going on there? What was happening? Then we have a scene with Lala, Brock, and Shishi at Rocco's. Oh, this was a nice scene. Which, by the way, can we talk about Brock's new haircut? Woo! Matt, turn on the fan! I mean, when I saw that haircut, I don't know if you've seen this. Go look it up. I guess he's going to debut it at the reunion. But I saw some pictures, and he posted online. And I've always thought that man was attractive. I love an Australian accent, first of all. Second of all, he's got them thunder thighs. Third of all, now he's got the clean-cut haircut. I mean, he got rid of the Thor cut, and it was like when Thor got rid of his Thor cut. Remember when Chris Hemsworth, uh, he just debuted that shorter haircut? And now I'm looking at Brock, and I'm like, oh, my God, that man with them thighs, the haircut, and now the Australian accent. Like, it's too much for me to handle. It's too much for me to handle. And so he looks phenomenal, and so I just want to say bravo to you, Sheena, to you, Brock, and I hope you're all just having the best sex, because you should. You should, because immediately when I saw that photo, you guys, of Brock debuting that new haircut, that's what played in my head. I said, stop, stop everything. Stop the presses because that is a haircut. I mean, it was a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. I know where I was when I first saw that haircut. And so I look, I don't know what's going on. It seems like Brock's got it together. He's gave us an update about the baby um, or his kids with the, the other woman and Lala apologizes about the kid situation. So it seems, I don't know. He seems nice. And I wonder if Summer Moon's going to have the accent. Do you think Summer Moon's going to have the Australian accent? I hope so. She'll have that cute little accent. But anyway, he seems nice, and Lala says he's a good dad and treats the kids good. And and Brock said he had a good closure or a good, I don't know, relationship. I wasn't really paying attention, to be honest. He was saying something about the relationship with his, the mother of his other kids and the other kids. Are, is it one kid, two kid, three kid, four? I don't know. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. I can't keep up. But apparently there was a good update. I was distracted by them thighs. Every time he's on screen, that's all I could think about. I'm sorry. So it seems like he's good now. And so I guess I, you know, I never trust that with the men on these shows. Never trust it. When, the minute you like them, then they do something. Remember, I liked Craigie over on Southern Charm. And then all of a sudden, then I start to hate him. And I'm watching him. You know that I'm watching him. If he fucks around with Paige, I'm going to be pissed. The way these men on Bravo, they always do. You think they're good. And then suddenly, I thought Tom Sandoval. And then suddenly, he's out here doing asshole stuff. And so, look, 
I'm just, I, who knows with Brock? I'm not, who knows? I don't want to say anything on the show. Then, then there's an audio record of me saying how much I like these men. And then they do something in a couple months and I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, I'm disgusted. Anyway, Lala and Sheena also bought houses together. They bought houses next to each other in Palm Springs where she, she lives part time, I suppose. Also, Villa Rosa, I was reading a headline that maybe they're getting rid of Villa Rosa. So I know they're moving Ken out, Ken and the dogs. Uh, I guess, I guess. Speaking of Villa Rosa, they do a little event there for Shishi. James orders a pump teeny. And then speaking of Ken, he gets mad that LVP wore the same hat as him. Stupid looking hat. Uh, I love when they show up in competing hats. Competing hat work. <laughs> Stupid looking hats. I love it. Uh, anyway, Ken eventually goes and takes a nap. He's not in the scene anymore. He just takes the dogs and goes. But apparently LVP can't go to the wedding. What the fuck's that about? She says she's doing Shishi a favor. She's like, you don't want me there because I'm bad luck, bad omen. And I was like, but we do need you there. What's going on that they couldn't get LVP over there? I know she's busy, but she's the main cast member. She's got her name in the show and the title. And so the fact that they're not getting her over there, which even it's revealed that Jax and Brittany were at the wedding, but then they're not going to be on camera. Rotten hell. Anyway, uh, cut to the Villa Rosa tea party. It's a surprise bridal shower for Shishi, even though she knew about it. They surprised her with good as gold. And uh, let's see. that James did have a Dr. Seuss reference. Did you notice that? He said something about Dr. Seuss, and they were like, what the fuck are you saying? So Dr. Seuss is really playing a, a very large role in this week's Everything Iconic recap. Not only do we have the cat in the hat appearance, but we also have one fish, two fish. And now James said something about Dr. Seuss. So Dr. Seuss still looms large over the Bravo Cinematic Universe, and so I hope he always does. Not only that, but on Jersey Housewives, too, there's always, they weren't they talking about Whoville with the noses over there? Um, they're all beautiful, but I'm just saying, wasn't that a reference somewhere? Am I making that up? Was that on the show? Uh, unclear. Anyway, then, um, let's see, Brock shows up. Oh, Brock showed up to this event. This was so funny to me, because this is like a surprise shower for Sheena and their, for their wedding. And I didn't even realize like Brock wasn't there. Like everybody else was there and it was for his wedding, technically to Shishi. And he showed up and I was like, oh, I didn't even notice. I like completely forgot about him when he showed up. And you know, it's an event for him. So there you go. Then uh, we do see Rachel and Shula Schwartz sitting, talking to them loungers. Those two dummies were just saying how, uh, I don't know. She said something about being tighter, like a vagina. It was just like, Shut the f*** up! <laughs> that was a remix of Teresa and Mariah Carey. Shut the f*** up! I don't know, I was just mad at them. I'm mad at them. I don't want to be mad at them. But I was. It's hard to watch this show. Here's the hard thing about recapping. is like, I'm watching this show now with new eyes, and obviously I'm mad because I'm mad about what happened to my friend, Ariana, and... Now I'm watching it, and so I'm just getting mad. And I don't want to be so, I don't want to be mean, obviously. I want everyone to come to the show and have a good time. <laughs> but now every time I'm seeing Rachel or Shula Schwartz or Tom Sandoval on screen, I'm just getting pissed. And so I'm trying to be nice, and I should be nice. And there's so many wonderful things about Rachel. There's a lot of wonderful things. I love that she likes them galaxy lights, right? I think she's a beautiful woman. And uh, yet she's also a demon and a hater. Okay, moving on. Then James is pissed. Actually, this is why I can hate her because she was flirting with Sheila Schwartz right in front of James. And not only that, they went to the bathroom. Did you see that scene where they went to the bathroom at Schwartz and Sandy's and they were like flirting in the bathroom? And I'm sorry, there's no place to be flirting in a bathroom. 
you shouldn't be flirting in a bathroom. A bathroom is maybe for like a drunken hookup. I get that. But I think they were pretty sober when they went in that bathroom to flirt. And you're in there with a camera crew where everybody shits. They weren't even in the women's bathroom, by the way. Let's just talk about that. Let's just skip ahead for a minute because they're in that fucking bathroom. Eventually, uh, Raquel, Raquel, she told Shula Schwartz to get out of there so she could take a dump. And uh, But before that, she was in there, and she's just there flirting. And I'm like, of all places to flirt, a bar bathroom, you guys. A bar-ass bathroom. You're flirting in a bar bathroom with a camera crew. I mean, just in the men's one. In the men's one. At least the women's. And I, look, I would imagine the women's restroom stays a little cleaner than the men's restrooms. Maybe I'm off base with that. But I've been in men's bathrooms in a bar. It's not a pretty picture. It's disgusting. Your shoes are sticking to the floor because it's all sticky. Uh, just use your imagination there. But the fact that you're going to be flirting. So the only way that I think you go into one of those bathrooms. Now, granted, this bar was not open yet. So, But I, I got to believe that Greg's been in that bathroom a time or two when he's figuring out that tasting menu, particularly after they had them lobster corn dogs. You mean tell me that all them men had a lobster corn dog at the tasting and then didn't have to head into the men's room? No. That's not the case. Believe me. Believe me. Believe me. They had them lobster corn dogs, and then Greg headed right into that restroom. Him, Jolene, the whole crew. I'm sure there weren't enough restrooms, so some of them people at the tasting had to go. Katie Maloney probably had to go to them after that lobster corn dog. They all probably did. I'm sure of it. That tasting, what they had all that food there. So although that wasn't open to the public, believe you me, they certainly were in that restroom using it. And so then Rachel and Shula Schwartz are in there flirting. Uh-uh. No. 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 You go in there for a drunken hookup. When there's nowhere else to go, there's no other privacy. Then you go into a restroom at a bar, you're flirting with some guy at a bar, and you run into the restroom to suck his dick real quick, you lock the door behind you, and then you leave. That's the only acceptable explanation for going and hooking up in a men's room. I'm sorry. Ladies, am I right? That's the only reason you go in there. And then here they were, flirting. On camera, and she eventually she's like, "I gotta go to the bathroom." Like, get out. She's like, "Get the fuck out." And then she he leaves and like guards the door for her, and then she takes a dump, and that's it. But I'm like, this is unacceptable. I'm sorry, people are gonna yell at me. They always get bad reviews and stuff when I say the word dump. On <laughs> you guys get mad. You get mad, and I get it. I get it. But this is who I am, and so obviously I'm just trying to make us laugh. So let's have some fun. Let's let's have some fun. Stop and have some fun. What else is going on? Oh, Brock. Oh, they get to Mexico uh, and they do. Um, Brock is wearing a lover boy hat. Now, that was troubling to me because I'm mad at the Summer House cast because they're delivering a very poor season. And so I was upset that he's promoting lover boy. We need to stop promoting lover boy because I don't have any love for lover boy no more. That flop show over there on the network, Summer House. I mean, they're all just sitting in them beds. And not doing anything. Wake up, ladies, and let's give us some entertainment. They're getting home from the clubs at like 11 o'clock at night. What is going on over there on Summer House? I mean, it's like nobody wants to work. No, None of them want to get to work these days. And I need them to step it up and do something. Give us some sort of scandal or some interesting thing happening. This is a soap opera. And so you're all just sitting in bed all day. And then uh, you don't even want to be there. And then you're going to a club for like 45 minutes and then coming home. I'm like, what is going on? It's so bad. And then what is the age gap on Summer House is just unreal. Why is a 40-year-old man in a house with a 20-some-year-old when they weren't even friends previously? 
it's like the most batshit thing. Like they're asking us to spend so much disbelief over on Summer House, and I'm gonna need them to get it together. Either follow the older people or uh, follow new people. I think I would prefer just a complete younger refresh. But I, I'm scared of saying that because I also feel like one of the benefits to sticking with the cast is you get something like Vanderpump Rules where suddenly there's this big scandal reignites the whole show. So I don't want to say to get rid of all of those older people on Summer House. And I'm not trying to be ageist. I don't want people to think that I'm, I prefer to see older people on Bravo. I prefer that. But what I'm saying is there's this weird disconnect on Summer House where it's not believable to me that this 40 year old man who's married would be in a summer vacation home with a 24-year-old. And there's just such a weird disconnect. It's like there, none of them would be friends. None of them want to be there. Uh, it's weird. And then those new young people, too. I'm going to need them to step up, to get messy and do something. And then the other ones are sitting in bed. Paige is always in bed. And I love me some Paige, so no shade to her because I love her. But I need her, Sierra, and all of them to get out of bed. Get out of bed. If I want to watch people sitting in bed all day, I'll look in the mirror. I don't need to see that on camera. I need you to wake up. I know how to sit in bed. And all day on a Saturday or Sunday, I just film myself if that's what I want to see. So get up. I know it was like funny for a minute. We always used to say, oh, look, they're always in bed. But now after a couple seasons of them just sitting in that bed, I need them to get up. Wake up. Okay. So, okay, I'm too worked up. Oh, Mexico was really funny on Vanderpump Rules because Christina Kelly was there. Not only did Sheena like move them to a new tower, but then Christina Kelly just like showed up at Sheena's rehearsal dinner. I don't know if it was a rehearsal dinner technically, but it was like, it was a rehearsal. It was some sort of dinner. And Sheena's like, what are you doing here? And then Sheena brought up how Christina Kelly and Stassi, they like shaded her dress and said, look like a quinceanera dress and were mean about it. And I remember that. Go back and look at Sheena's dress. It was, I think, out of its time. And so Sheena's still holding on to that grudge. Although she was able to get over that grudge when it came to Stasi. she apparently is still pissed at Christina Kelly. And then Christina Kelly's just showing up uninvited to all these wedding events. And obviously, this episode of Everything Iconic is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. Now, I'm not sure if you've noticed, but it's definitely allergy season. You all know I've been struggling a little bit. I usually love the springtime, but I struggle with my allergies, which are just not the most fun. But luckily with Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, the only tissues I like to use, I can say, bring on the blooms, and I can face those allergies head on. Now, Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved, so you can attack watery eyes and battle runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. That's why I love these, because they're so incredibly soft, and I don't want to touch my nose with something that's not. Now, I am obsessed with Kleenex. I think they are so, uh, really just the best uh, to do it. So for this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Again, this allergy season, do not pick up something else. Grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com 
because Christina Kelly is now part of this cast, uh, despite not offering much, uh, she is. And she does. I do think, I think Christina Kelly is a little mean. I do. I do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then what else? I think they stayed at this resort too. Dreams Resort. I'm 99% positive. Remember when they came here a few seasons ago? Cause I just did my rewatch and I was like, this is, I think the same resort. Or maybe remember that one vacation where Schwartz just like woke up at another resort because he was so drunk. Like, by the way, yeah, people who stick up for Shula Schwartz, I just want you to go back and remember how he was engaged and then was just waking up at other resorts and then just making out with people when he was too drunk and just ugh, cheating all the time. And then people always like to give that thing. This is always the argument. It's like, well, Katie gave, shouldn't have given him an ultimatum to get married. And it's like, well, he's a fucking grown ass man. Like he, no one forced him to walk down the aisle. <laughs> like it's so absurd to me that people say, well, it's Katie's fault for giving him an ultimatum. She just said, I want to move on in my relationship. So I either want the relationship to move forward or we need to end it. Like she didn't force that man to walk down the aisle. So she, he could have just said no. Like what, why are we putting it on her? It's so weird to me. I don't know. But you guys yell at me. You always say I'm, I'm pro Katie and you get mad at about it, but I'm sorry, but go back and rewatch. I guarantee if most of you went back and rewatched through the lens of Schwartz, Shula Schwartz, you would look at that man differently. You would. And we all hindsight's 2020, as Tom Sandoval said in that TMZ interview that he gave while he was trying to Tetris a suitcase into the back of his truck after it was set up to get interviewed by some TMZ cameraman. Uh, is hindsight's 2020. And so we look back and we see different things. But I think everyone would look differently at the past. They would. Anyway, uh, what else is happening? I guess we got everything. Oh, there was this big fight at the end. So apparently it was off camera, but one of Brock's friends put his armor on James and then James body checked him. And then Allie's like cringing at the table. Ariana snaps at James and Allie's super embarrassed. And I was good for her. Allie leaves to be continued. Allie leaves the table and I was proud of her. I was proud. She said, I am not going to sit here and do this. And so she leaves the table. And I was also proud of Ariana for yelling at James because sometimes I just think somebody needs to yell at that man and get it together. Because I want James to get it together too, because I really like James a lot of the time, but he needs to get things together. So anyway, that's the end of the episode. I'm sure I miss things, but um, yeah. Oh, they also have this chant for the week. They have Honey I Do as their chant, because I feel like we're going to be hearing that a bunch. So I just want to make sure that we're all aware that's going to be their chant for the weekend or week or what day of the week is this? Remember Schwartz and Katie got married on like a Wednesday? Yeah. Okay, that's the end of the episode. Now, uh, shall we dive into the Real Housewives of New Jersey? Jackie, shut the f*** up! Get out of my f***ing face! Okay, the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Now, uh, another thing you guys are going to get mad at me about is because when I do these Real Housewives of New Jersey recaps, I... I don't know what to say anymore, you guys. I, I feel like I've said the same things over and over again. I don't want to just come on the microphone and just repeat myself every week. But nothing, we're in a hamster wheel on New Jersey. We're just hearing the same fight, same argument for 100 years about Joe and Melissa and Teresa and who's right and who's wrong. And they're all wrong and they're, it's all a mess. And I'm tired of watching it and I can't do it one more fucking week. And so I don't know. And so the recaps for Jersey tend to be shorter and I'm just not, my heart's not in it no more because it, my heart's not in it. I can't put my heart in it. It's like there's a blockage 
and my heart can't go past the blockage because it's, it, it, I can't possibly talk about this family dynamic one more time. And I think last season I, I was sort of excited about the family dynamic, but now it just feels like we're in this hamster wheel. And I think they're all kind of wrong and nuts and, we obviously can't go forward like this. And I feel like it's halting the relationships with the other women. And then I'm also pissed at the new women who I've been so excited about. And Danielle in particular, I'm like, you can't keep leaving the party. And I'm not only mad at Danielle for leaving every time things get tough for her. I need her to engage, but I'm also pissed at the other women because they are the ones who keep bringing up the situation with Danielle's brother, which we don't know anything about him. And she seemingly doesn't want to talk about it, which, like, of course she doesn't want to fucking talk about it. This man's not on camera. It's her brother. Why would she want to talk about it? She came on the show, not the brother. So why do they keep harping on it? She gave you a fucking answer. Now, we don't know the brother. Move on. Stop discussing it. I mean, honestly, how about you shut the fuck up about it? Shut the how about you shut the fuck up about it? Because I can't do one more thing about Danielle's brother if we're not going to meet him. Cut it. Cut it from the episode. And then, I don't know. And then a sh- another Shorehouse week. I can't do the Shorehouse week. I, I'm just so, I'm so over it. So again, this week's episode, we did get some meat and potatoes. There are some things that I want to discuss. But I, it, it's going to be short because I don't know what else to say about New Jersey. It's just, I can't. And I'm not, I'm finding myself checking my phone more and more. And maybe this is on me. And I, I know people love it. And people love the show. And you should love the show. I don't want my opinion to dissuade anyone. Because I also feel bad I wouldn't want to listen to something about somebody shitting on a show that I love. You know, I want to come on this podcast and say, oh, I love this show and this why I love talking about it. Because I don't want, if you do love this show, I don't want you to listen and be like, oh, I, I feel bad. Or you end listening to the Everything Iconic recap and you're like, that man just shit on the show for an hour. Like, who wants to do that? I get it. So turn this off. I precursor to whatever I'm about to say. If you really are loving Jersey, I get that and I'm so happy. And so turn this podcast off because you don't need to hear anymore because you'll just hear me complaining. And I know who wants to hear me bitching. Okay, so here I go. <laughs> I will say a couple of good things. Now, I think Danielle and Nate are gorgeous. Danielle is, Nate's the husband. They're a beautiful couple. Beautiful. And I think when they get their season two glow up, I think they'll be unstoppable looking if they come back, because I, who knows if they're going to bring them back. Bravo might say, you're not engaged and you're not coming back. But they already look so good. And you know, every time somebody's on TV, they see themselves on TV and then they get the glow up. We even saw what Fessler got the whole glow up. She was on Watch What Happens Live. She revealed she got all the stuff done. She looks amazing, even though I think she looks amazing as it is. But uh, Danielle, when they get the glow, if they get the right glow up, I mean, they're going to be unstoppable because they already look so unstoppable. Uh, like we talk a lot about this Missy G and her mom, the Donna. I don't know. I get it. Dolores says in her confession, she's like, kids and moms are off limits. And this is all happening at the shore house, which I, uh, Jennifer ate in the shore house, which did anyone else get surprised when they saw that building? They, they showed the outside of the building and I was like, where are we? Like, <laughs> I felt like Matthew Fox in the show Lost. He's like, where are we? When are we? Like, I saw that townhouse, you guys. I was shook. I had uh, I had the effing chills because I was like, where are we? I thought we were at the shore, and then it seemed like that wasn't at the shore. I didn't see no beach in that shot of Jennifer Aiden's shore house. And we saw the inside last week, and I was kind of shocked by the inside. And, you know, I felt about the not changing the sheets and stuff. But then I find out this building that's shore house. And it, sh- it shook me to my core. Shook me to my core. I was off balance the whole day after I saw it. I was just walking around. I couldn't 
my equilibrium was off. I couldn't make it to the bed. I just was falling all over the place. I fall. And by the way, Matt and I had our 13th anniversary. Lucky 13. Been together 13 years. And uh, so we were celebrating our anniversary. And I was distracted the whole time because uh, the whole time we go out to dinner and you know, we're having a romantic time. And then all I'm doing is thinking about that shot of the shore house of Jennifer Aiden's and thinking, what the fuck is that? That's all that's running through my head. I'm like, sorry, Matt, I'm not interested in discussing our anniversary right now because I'm thinking of that shore house, the townhouse shore house situation. Like, what the fuck was going on? It was real quick. But where are we? Where are we? Uh, anyway, so we're at the shore house. I don't know. I wrote in my notes, the show is feeling dead in a ditch. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm sorry. There were some good things. You guys, I I feel bad. I just talked so much shit about it. But there were some interesting things about the business dealing. But then my problem with the whole Pizzagate situation, uh, Teresa, like, there was a business dealing. My problem with the business dealing was that I had more questions than I had answers. It felt like they were presenting this information as it was like the answer to all of our questions about like why this family went south. And then I felt like, well, I don't really understand it because here's what I gathered. And I could have gotten this wrong. And apologies, as always, if I'm fucking up. But I think this is what I gathered was that Joe Gorga said, we need to start a pizza business, which why? And I don't even understand any of their jobs on this show. Like, why does Louie have all that money? What? What? And why does Joe Gorga, what does Joe Gorga do? I don't understand their businesses at all. And I know they're on a TV show, but okay, they're they're talking about not TV show money. Okay, if Teresa had two hundred fifty k, I'd I'd understand that because Teresa's been on this is her show. She's been on the show from the beginning. I guarantee Teresa is making a pretty penny. What I don't understand is like they're placing the money on Louie. And even with the the daughters, she Louie's the one giving them these expensive bracelets and stuff. So I just don't understand the money. I don't understand the money. And Joe Gorga too. I guess Joe Gorga's been on for a while. So he makes money, but but then he okay, okay, let me back up. I'm getting ahead of myself. So Joe Gorga has this idea for a pizza business, which again, why even are we doing that? Why would you want to start that business? But they decided he decided he brings in Tracy, says, Tree, let's do this. It dedicated to no no or something, I guess. They were implying that it was like dedicated to no no. So then Louie decides to put out $250,000 for this. And Joey Gorga, uh, he goes to Louie, and Louie says, well, I'll give you 5% of the business. Now, this was Joe Gorga's idea, allegedly. And uh, Joe Gorga is only going to get 5% because Louie put up all the money in two hundred fifty k. And I guess this was what was a little unclear. I guess Teresa and Louie said, if you want to put up two hundred fifty k then you would get 50%. Otherwise, not, which that makes sense to me. Because if Louis putting up all the money, what you're going to get 50%, that doesn't make any sense. Even if it was your idea, you got to put up the money. So I guess they said you got to put up $250,000. Now, Joe Gorga didn't want to put up half the money. So apparently, Louis just kind of gave up. Then Joe said something about the nephew was involved. I'm assuming he meant Melissa's sister, one of her sister's kids was involved and got these pizza boxes or came over and said, we got boxes and all the boxes had photos of Teresa and her daughters on it. And so Joe Gorka got pissed and it was called skinny pizza. Did anyone else get a chill? 
Didn't, I, I just thought the ghost of Bethany Frankel was going to pop up on my screen, and I always get scared when I think Bethany's uh, near, because you just know, I'm sure she's going to hop on that podcast of hers and talk about it, or them TikToks. She's going to be doing a beauty review, and then all of a sudden talking about the skinny pizza, and I'm nervous. But if I'm buying pizza, I don't want pizza called skinny, but I, I, that was, to me, the most chilling part of this whole story, was that they were going to start a pizza business called Skinny Pizza. Anyway, I guess the boxes showed up, or there was some sort of photo shoot with Teresa and the daughters and not Joe Gorga. So then he got pissed. But then I guess the whole pizza business just decided to not happen. And Teresa says, I think, I don't know if it's in a professional or somewhere else, but she said, don't do business with family. And I totally agree with that. I agree, especially this family. Of all people in the entire universe, you know who should not be in business together? Teresa and her brother, Joe. Because they're already in business together on this show, and we've seen how that worked out. Uh, and I, again, I go back to saying that I don't think Joe and Melissa should have joined the cast of this show. I'm sorry, that's where I stand. If you go back, I think the only way to sort of piece out this whole feud is to go back to the beginning. And I'm not saying they would have had a great relationship if Joe and Melissa didn't join the show, but I certainly think it would be better than where it is now if they didn't join the show. And so uh, they fuck, the family's been off. It's just sad. It's sad. It all makes me sad. And I think it makes me even extra sad because I sort of relate to the Italian nature and the Italian family of these people. And I just think about my own brothers and sister-in-laws and I would never want to have any feud with them. And I'm a non-confrontational person anyway. So like, I certainly would never want to fight with my sister-in-laws and I love them dearly. They're like the best sister-in-laws in the whole world. And the idea of this wedge happening between the, the siblings just makes me feel so sad and, and no, it's not going anywhere. It's just getting worse and worse and worse. And no one seems to want to take blame really. Like I, I don't think Teresa will ever take blame for anything that's going on. And I also don't think Joe and Melissa are really taking blame for their part as much either. They, I do think Joe and Melissa take more blame than Teresa does. But then I always think like go, but going back, I don't know. I just think they're all, and the, everyone wants to pick sides. And I don't know that there are any good sides to the situation. It's just very sad. And I, it kind of weirds me out that everyone, as we talk about the show, it's like, you got to be either team Melissa or team Teresa. And it's like, maybe there's no teams. Maybe it's all just sad. And I wish, I, I I think like in a kind of sick way, like that girl from Mean Girls who just wants to bake cakes of rainbows. That's how I feel sometimes talking about this. It's like, I just want them to be good. Not even for them. I just want it for like the next generation. That's what I get sad about. And so it's not going to happen. And Louis too, is. we talked about the pajama thing last week, of course, where he's wearing Nono's pajamas. That really was weird. But also, what was really weird to me is like the way he handles these confrontations, these conflicts, it, almost like he fancies himself as a therapist himself. And I know, I believe his, is his mom or his sister, somebody in his family is, think, is a licensed therapist. And so I think he has this idea of like he has a good handle on mental health or relationship dynamics and that kind of thing. And so there are moments where he's trying to get these people to talk and he's like, hold the pillow and then you could talk. And then he was like, Melissa, hold my hand. And I just thought, like, that was weird to me. Like, if I was Melissa, I'd be like, get the fuck, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, hold your hand. It was weird to me. I don't know. It's all just weird. And I know some of Louis's language and stuff, like, I think he wants to help. But then it pisses me off when he throws Teresa under the bus. Because Teresa has a feeling, and then I... I feel like privately he's like, yeah, Teresa, I agree with you and how you feel about your brother. But then the minute other people come around or they're doing a scene with the sister-in-law and the brother, 
then suddenly Louis throwing Teresa under the bus. And I just don't know if Teresa always catches it, but it makes me, it gives me a red flag for her. I'm like, Teresa, I hope you're seeing these things and I hope it doesn't get worse. And if this is what we're seeing on camera, like why is he throwing you under the bus and making it seem like he's so enlightened and perfect? And then she, he's making her look like a monster. And I don't like that either. Meanwhile, they got a whole mermaid there, just drunk and voguing. Did you see the mermaid? What's the fuck's the mermaid doing? Just sitting there under the sea. Uh, just sitting there voguing. She was drunk. Uh, and then what else happens? This Oh, this was all happened at Fuda's house. Fuda, Fuda. Why do I keep wanting to say Fuda? I know it's Fuda. But for some reason, when I look at my notes, I always want to say Fuda. Fuda, Fuda, Fuda. Anyway, everyone uh, there is... It just feels like we've seen this scene a million times. Like, I feel like it, even though we haven't had brunch or whatever meal this was at Fuda's house, it still felt like we've done this whole scene again a million times. And also this porterhouse company that was sponsoring it. I'd like to discuss this for a while because I saw so much fucking raw meat. At one point, was somebody taking a shot out of an animal carcass? That's what I saw. And maybe I was wrong, but you guys, I think somebody took a shot or something out of a... a animal bone carcass. I don't need a dead animal being a shot. It's not an ice luge. Did I see that wrong? I saw like some, somebody was, t- maybe I saw that wrong. And if I did, I apologize. And I, I don't mean to, maybe I saw it wrong. I could, I, I, I mean, there was just either way though, there was too much raw meat. And I say that I'm not a vegetarian or anything, but I don't need to see all that raw meat. It was obviously sponsored. Uh, I'm sure they paid a pretty penny to be on the show because I saw them people, those porterhouse people walking around that party, just showcasing their meats every fucking second. I'm like, can we put the meat away for one second? Just maybe somebody eat a salad in Jersey. I'm always got to look at raw meat. Remember the couple of weeks ago they had the prosciutto tower and now we're just having these raw meats. I don't know. Teresa also can't say mountain out of a molehill. <laughs> what did she say? Molehill mountain or whatever. You know, she can't get that right. None of the housewives can. Ramona, of course, did that wrong too. Uh, let's see. We did get an update on Rachel Fuda's husband's chest hair. Something I could have done without. Uh, Louie, we talked about him talking to Missy G and wanting to hold the hand. Hold your hand. Remember that Lady Gaga song from Top Gun? I fucking love that song. I think it should have been a bigger hit. Lady Gaga's Top Gun movie anthem. It's like a dramatic ballad. It sounds like a 90s ballad. I fucking love it. Hold my hand, hold my, hold my hand, hold my. Uh, Teresa's, uh, they're talking about Melissa's mom, which whatever. I don't know. Did I talk about everything? I guess I did. Oh, the other thing I'm tired of us talking about is the whole situation with Mar. First of all, Margaret, we're acting like she's some mastermind, which is crazy to me. And we keep going back to the situation. I thought Teresa and Margaret moved on from last season. And it keeps coming up where Teresa's like, yeah, Melissa and Joe should have had her back more with Margaret last season. And it's like, I'm tired of rehashing that. Well, let's please, I beg of you to move on. I can't. We, we moved on a hundred times from that. Margaret and Teresa made up. Joe and Melissa and Teresa made up about that particular situation. But it just keeps fucking coming up again. And I can't do it. I'm sorry. There was also this low blow with uh, Melissa's dad. I thought Teresa was like, I didn't like what she was saying about Melissa's dad and how he cheated and stuff. And he's since passed. It just it made me feel really uncomfortable. Because no matter what, if a parent passes, you're, you're grieving forever from that. I'm sorry. I don't care that it happened when uh, Melissa was 16, uh, 20, or present day. Like, you're grieving a parent, and 
it's just not to throw a low blow like that and say you got daddy issues. I just think you should never say that. I just thought. Uh, and meanwhile, right when she said it, though, Jackie was like sighing. <laughs> this did make this was a good funny moment. Jackie just like, uh, and immediately all it took was Jackie sighing for Teresa to just like lose it at Jackie. Jackie, shut the f- up. Get out of my f- face. <laughs> Like all she did was sigh, which meanwhile, Jackie's like really, I think stepping it up on camera. And I obviously it was probably in effort to get a main cast spot on this season because the rumor is that none of them knew who was going to be a main cast member who wouldn't be a main cast member. And so I'm sure Jackie was like, I got to bring it. And so she was, but she has been, I think, just kind of throwing stuff out there to kind of see where it lands. But this was a case where it was just like a sigh. All Jackie did was, uh, Jackie, shut the f- up. Get out of my f-ing face. <laughs> oh, it made me laugh. That's the end of the episode. Oh, they can't get out. Joe and Melissa do try to leave. And then uh, she they can't get out of the house because they're backed in with the car. That was funny. Uh, Joe and Melissa, they do. Jennifer says they too try to double down to make Teresa look bad. And I, I agree with that in a lot of ways. I agree with that. I Again, I think they're both sort of in the wrong. Then we get the mid-season trailer. They're going to Ireland, which I'm super excited about. There's a haunted castle, which seems really funny. There's some Frank and Polly uh, dynamics. Interesting. There's no Joe and Melissa at the wedding. And seeing Teresa cry at the in the footage of her wedding, it just made me so sad. Like, you guys need to work it out. What, are, what we got to do? And maybe if one of them is off camera next season, then they can work it out. Maybe they can find forgiveness and move on. But as it stands... I don't know. This cast is a mess. This show's dead in a ditch. I'm sorry. That's my opinion. And maybe it's totally wrong. Maybe a lot of you love it. But we need to... I And it's everybody's at fault, I think. The new people need to step it up more and get some dynamics going on. I know they're trying to catch their footing and figure out what's going on. But I need them to step it up. I need Dolores and Margaret, these people who have been on the show for a while. I think they need to move storylines forward in a different way or in a unique way or find new layers and new dynamics amongst the group. Anyway, that's the end of the episode, you guys. This was another long one. we got so much to discuss. I love you all so much for listening. And uh, what else? Oh, I want to tell you about this documentary I saw on Netflix called The Volcano. I think it was, yeah, the volcano, you guys, it's so haunting, so heartbreaking, also a little bit inspiring, but don't watch it if you're not in a mood for a heavy kind of documentary. It's about these people who are basically caught in a volcano, an active volcano. I mean, I, and it came out last year, I listened to this interview with the filmmaker, and then I put it on, and you guys, it's harrowing. Also very heavy, though, so don't put it on if you want something light, easy, breezy, beautiful, but it's called The Volcano on Netflix, and I thought it was very fascinating. Uh, okay, and any other recommendations I have? Yeah, pre-order my book. Come see me on tour, everythingiconic.com. I will be in Seattle next week. And then the following week, I'll be in Salt Lake City and Denver. And we're going to have lots of scandal information to talk about. I don't know what the podcast schedule will be for the next couple of weeks. I'm sure I'll have episodes out, but just stay tuned to the podcast feed wherever you listen for all those updates. And then at the live events, we're going to be getting into the nitty gritty of Jersey and Vanderpump rules, all the scandal drama. I have some, some really fun stuff planned. So it's going to be a fun time and we're going to have lots of juicy stuff to talk about. And uh, yeah, we'll get to have a gay old time. So uh, let's do our cheesy little cool down. Cause I think we might've missed that the past few weeks. And you know, sometimes I just forget, honestly. So let's take a deep breath in. If you're new to the podcast, we've had a record month. March has been the biggest month ever for everything iconic. 
take a deep breath out. And so if you're new to the podcast, as I know many people have just started listening, I want to let you know that we do these cheesy little cooldowns at the end, which are completely absurd and unhinged. But it sort of started as a joke, and now I think we all could use the deep breaths, and we need to be reminded to take a deep breath in. So it started as a silly little thing, and now we're doing it for fun uh, and to help our inner spirits. I also want to let everyone know, if you are curious about the theme song, it's Kimberly Locke sings the Everything Iconic theme song. And I wanted a theme song to sound like a 90s cheesy talk show, and so that's why we have this song that plays at the beginning and end of our podcast episodes called Raise Your Hands. I want it to feel like kind of that 90s Ricky Lake-ish sort of vibe. Uh, So everything here is silly. So just um, take a deep breath in and embrace the silliness and hold it. That's what you got to do in life. Hold it and embrace the silliness. Breathe out. I love you all so much for listening. Stay safe and we'll talk soon. Bye-bye.